Greetings, everyone. You're tuned in to another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Rayshard Pinkney. I want you to get close and get your Bibles and follow me in the scripture. And let's have a conversation that matters. What I want to say is address this, because this is going to... This is just kind of like going to add to the answer of your question, but you say you got somebody, okay. they've been saved, right? And they fall they're back into sin. They fall back they, into sin. They fall back into sin, right. right? Yeah, you know, they backslid. And so then, um, let's say they die, you know, um, you know, they, they, I mean, a tree fall on them and they fornicate, I mean, or, you know. Right, right, okay, okay. You know, but they're, they're saved. They got saved, though. But they they were backslid, and they're like, and they're like committing adultery, and you know, a tree fall on the house, and they die in the, in in the act. Okay. okay. What's gonna happen to that person? I'm gonna do my best to show you what is actually Jesus' concern when it comes to the works of the flesh, and by all means, these. Or that is the work of the flesh. And we'll take a quick look at the work of the flesh. If you want to, let's start off. I want to go to, I didn't mean to start here, but we're going to go here. 21, Galatians 5 and 21. We want to read these so you'll know what the works of the flesh are. Matter of fact, we'll start at verse 19. So Galatians 5 and 19, it says... Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. That's verse 19. Uh, I'm going to skip down to verse 21, and it says, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's pretty cut and dry, isn't it? That's pretty cut and dry. You, you, you do these, you don't inherit the kingdom of God. Pretty cut and dry. If you do these, you don't get in. And that's the whole purpose of a Christian is that they would get in to the kingdom of God. And this scripture says that if you do these things, you don't enter in. Well, I want to take you back. We want to go back to a scripture where someone was actually caught. Someone was actually brought to Jesus in this very manner. And when they were brought to Jesus in this very manner, yeah, 19, speaking of to yourself, okay? Right. All right, so, yep. But I want to take you back to where this incident actually happened. This incident actually occurred. Somebody did these things. Somebody performed this actual act. And I want you to see how Jesus dealt with it. I want you to see what Jesus said about it. All right. All right, we're going to John 8 and 1. John 8 and 1. John 8 and 1. 
8 and 3. It says, And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him. This is talking about Jesus. Jesus was teaching in the temple. It said, The scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Um, it say they say it say they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law command us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. Now, we we all following this story. We, I'm pretty sure many people have read it before. So, if you're following the story, Jesus was teaching in the temple. They found a woman that they caught in the act of adultery. They brought him to Jesus, and they wanted to know what Jesus' opinion was on this matter, because they said Moses' law said that they should be stoned. All right? Right. All right, we're going to go back to that. Okay. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. <laughs> so when they continued... Verse 31. Oh, yeah, I got it. I'm, I'm with you. Verse 6, yep. We're in verse 7 yeah. now. Okay. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Now, they brought this woman to Jesus. We see that they brought this woman to Jesus. They say they caught her in the very act. That means she was uh in the midst of it. The only problem with them bringing law or, or scripture to Jesus. A lot of people have opinions about what he actually wrote. I can't give you that. I don't know because the scripture didn't say, but they say he wrote in the ground. But I do know that the scripture that's found in Leviticus 10 states that if a man or a woman is caught in the act of adultery, it say they both, they both should be put to death. They both. Now they brought one woman. They brought just her that was caught in the act of adultery to Jesus. They only brought her and they were telling Jesus about what she did, but they didn't have the whole story. Well, the question, the question that I'm trying to get the answer is, Jesus acted as if he heard them not. He continued writing in the ground as if he had heard them not. And he said, he that is without sin cast the first stone. What is Jesus doing here? What is he doing here if he ignored them and he continued writing, but yet he said, he that without sin cast the first stone. Why didn't Jesus execute the law? Why didn't he execute the law? And the law requires that both should be put to death. They both. Well, I want to show you how this woman here, many would say that this woman was called in a very act of adultery and that this woman was given mercy by Jesus. She was given grace by Jesus. But what if I told you that the very act of adultery that she committed didn't affect Jesus at all? I'm putting that out there. The very act of adultery that she committed, it did not affect Jesus. Physical bodily contact that she committed with someone else 
that was not the thing that sparked Jesus' attention to this matter. And believe me, Jesus knew about this situation before they brought it to him. But I want to show you the things that matter to Jesus. <clears throat> you, you with me so far? Right. Okay. I want to see if, if 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 I'm caught in the act of adultery, if you're caught in the act of adultery or fornication, either either one of those seventeen works of the flesh. When you are caught in that, then that affects that disturbs the other person, the significant other, the person involved. But God is a spirit. And I want you to understand what irritates a spirit. I want you to know what gets to a spirit. It's not the things that the flesh do. It's not the things that the flesh deem unfit. What God allows is the things that are of the spirit. That's why when he was talking to Nicodemus, he told Nicodemus, he said, that which is born of the flesh, he said, it is flesh. He he told Nicodemus that which is he told Nicodemus that which is born of the flesh he say it is flesh meaning that the things that the flesh do is counted unto the flesh what you mean if you drink and this is no license to sin for anyone but if you do drink that drinking does not affect your spirit it the drinking affects the thing that you put it in. The scripture teaches that nothing that goes into a man defiles him and say, but it's what comes out. So the drink that you put in your body, it affects your body. That's why you have bad liver. That's why you have the effects that the drinking, uh, even when it comes to smoking, even when it comes to anything that you do with your body, your body is your temple. The things that you put upon yourself, it affects yourself do you understand so the pro the problem that affects jesus the thing that gets to jesus and we're finna look at this in another scripture they bringing this woman to jesus catching her in the very act of adultery but yet they didn't fulfill the law both people were supposed to be brought and both people were supposed to be put to death when you come to jesus jesus is a god of the spirit the scripture call him the father of spirits. So he's looking at the spirit of a thing versus the fleshly matter of a thing. Wait, give me a second to certify it. So before I go to Matthew, I want you to follow me in Mark. Go to Mark 7. Mark 7. If you have Mark 7, let's go, let's go with the uh, 14th verse. 14th verse. All right. Listen to this here. It say, and when he had called the people unto him, he said unto them, hearken unto me, every one of you and understand there is nothing from without a man. Listen to this, that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him those are they that defile the man. So he said there's nothing outside of the man. Drinking is outside of you and it goes into you. He say nothing that goes into him defiles him. Now I want to make sure I'm certifying it. Listen to what I'm saying. He said, but it's what come out. Now, let's skip down so you can see what he's talking about here. Verse 19 
So skip from, I want you to skip from verse 15 and go to 19. Let me know when you're there. Yeah. He said, because it entereth not into his heart. Listen. It entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the drought, purging all meats. He said, but that which come out of a man, good God Almighty, he said, that defileth him, for from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetedness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, evil eye blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. Do you see that the thing that actually gets to Jesus is the internal matters of the man? The external matters of the man is a result of what's inside of the man. If you if you notice when we first read the scripture, it said they that do these things, and it said drunkenness, lasciviousness. These are not people that may have fallen into an act. These are people that have taken on the spirit. And have in, on, taken on that spirit that it is a continuous thing. It is a thing that they can't shake. You know, it, it's something that's in you that if you if you don't stop it, it'll actually control you. Huh? What is ever in you actually controls you. This is what Jesus is talking about. The thing that's inside of you is the thing that controls you. So, an adulterer, a fornicator, if that spirit gets into you, if it gets into you, I ain't talking about if you perform that. I'm talking about if the spirit of adultery, if the spirit of all these things get into you, then it controls you. And it makes you do those things which you ought not to do. Those are the things that Jesus is looking at. We as humans, the scripture says that which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit, it is spirit. So the things that are of the spirit, the spirit does not have the same affections as the flesh. The spirit don't have the same concerns as the flesh. And so when Jesus is trying to teach us about the spirit, when Jesus is trying to teach us about um, the matters of the spirit, he's trying to teach us how not to take on a spirit that will eventually affect the way you behave. Because your behavior is not always a direct result. A, a, your behavior is not always a direct result of what's in you, huh? But if you if you allow if you allow that spirit to overtake you, then that spirit becomes your behavior. Yeah, no, good, good, good stuff, good stuff. Let, 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 so he said nothing that's outside of him, right? All, all is all is in the world. The scripture teaches all that is in the world. Okay, and all of us have two natures, you and me. Let's, this this will keep some people from trying to be too holy. This will keep some people from trying to be too righteous. We have two natures, human and divine. Okay, that human part, I don't care how spiritual you get. I don't care how godly you get. That human part of you will never leave you until you lay down your flesh body. 
<coughs> excuse me. That spirit, that spirit that you have can only combat the human nature that you have if it come from God. If your spiritual man is from anyone other than God, then it agrees. Listen to what I'm telling you. If, let, let, let's stick to what we're talking about. If the spirit of adultery is in your flesh, which the scripture teaches that's all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. If that is in your flesh, and and that's 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 your natural man, your flesh is your natural man. If that's what you have, and when it comes to your spiritual man, if you don't have a spirit that can combat that, which is the spirit of God, because there's only two great spirits, spirit of good, spirit of evil, the spirit of God and the spirit of Satan. If you don't have a separate spirit to combat those things that live in your flesh, then now you produce, this is what he's talking about, you will produce the evil things that you think about. You will produce those evil things that you feel in. Good God of mine. See, when a man commit a crime, he don't start committing a crime with his hands. When a man commit a crime, he don't start committing a crime with his feet. When he commit a crime, he commits it first in his mind. Huh? The inward man commits the crime first. The inward man commits the sin first. And then it comes out of him. And it's good God my. Then it's performed through his actions. Then it's performed through his deeds. But it first started within him. Hey, stay right there. We gonna clear this up with some more Jesus. <laughs> Somebody, You're saying. It, it, it maybe will. Okay, I, I, let me let me read this real quick, and, and hopefully this will sure. show you show you what we what we got. Matthews, go to Matthews for me. We're we're talking about how the internal man. Is actually the thing that affects or affects the external man. You with me? So Matthew's five. Matthew's five. I want you to go to Matthew's five, and we will look at uh, verse twenty-seven of, of Matthew's five and twenty-seven. Jesus said, "Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time." Thou shalt not commit adultery. Your, your, your scripture say that? Is that scripture say that? Yep. It say, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her have did what? Already? Uh, I'm, I'm reading from my memory. I'm not, I don't know where I saw that. But. No, 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 it's right. You, you're right. You're right on point. You're right on point. No. He committed it already. Do you understand? As we were talking about the man that committed a crime, the police cannot put you in jail for a crime that you thought about. You hear me? Yeah. Even a spouse, a spouse can't, unless you tell them, they can't, they can't fault you for what you're thinking about because they don't know your thoughts. But we have a God. The scriptures call him, they say that he's the hidden man of the heart. We have a God that can look 
inside of your inside. He can, he can internally look in you and see your intentions. Good God of mine. So whether you committed it physically or whether you committed it uh, in your mind, he's holding you accountable for the things that's in your heart. Huh? <clears throat> A lot of times we, we, we say, I didn't see that coming. Well, we didn't see it coming, but God can see all things. He can see things that have not yet happened. The scriptures say he know your thoughts are far off. That means before your thoughts even get to you, he already know what you're going to do. So the scripture that we read in the beginning said that the works of the flesh are manifest. We only know the sin of a man. We only know the sin of a woman when they perform it. But Jesus know the sin that's within the heart. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. We only look at the sin that's physical. We only look at the sin that's visible. But Jesus can look at the heart. And so this kind of goes along with the question that was asked to me, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago about what if a person is not physically able to go and get baptized? If they're not physically able to go and get washed like the scripture told them to do. Well, that's where you got to look at who's in charge. The hidden man of the heart is in charge. If Jesus save a man that haven't been baptized, I can't unsave him. If Jesus forgive a person that committed the very act of adultery, I can't unforgive them. Huh? We got to make sure that our heart is pure. So many people can make sure that their manifestations are good. They never saw doing nothing wrong. I never saw you do this. I never heard you say a curse word. And we can focus so much on that. And your internal man is not okay with Christ. This is what eliminates you from the kingdom of God. If your inside, if your internal man is not in good standards with Christ, then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's not the physical man. Nobody's flesh will be saved. Listen to me again. No flesh. And we read about how the works of the flesh are manifest. No flesh will be saved. But Jesus said he come to give rest to a man's soul. So this woman, this woman that was, uh, this woman that was caught in the very act of adultery, we'll finish off, we'll finish off right there back to her. We'll go back to her after I done said all those things and hopefully clarify where Jesus' mindset is at. So Jesus don't think about what your companion thinks about. The reason that Jesus gets involved is because what you've done affects your companion. It, it affects other people. Huh? <clears throat> Hold on. Somebody said they don't believe that. Say, say that again. Yeah, yeah. The, what, when Jesus gets involved, he gets involved because what you've done affects your companion. It affects somebody else. But the actual act of what you've done, it don't affect Jesus at all. Because it's, according, it's, it's to your flesh. You want me to read something about it? All right. Let's read 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. It says, flee fornication. Every sin. Listen to what I'm reading now. It says, every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth 
fornication sinneth against his own body. Every sin that a man commits, he say it's without the body. So, you know, a lot of people, especially when you get the Holy Ghost, listen to me now. If you ever get the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is a combat, is a combat against the flesh. So there's nobody to have the Holy Ghost that should be able to say uh, they're drunkard. Because a drunkard is one that is controlled by the spirit of drinking. There's nobody that got the Holy Ghost that could say they're an adulterer because an adulterer is one that is controlled by the spirit of adultery. Listen to me. If you commit the act of something, then you committed the act. But when you are an adulterer, when you are a drunkard, when you are a fornicator, you have taken on that spirit. And now that spirit have control of you. But nobody that has the Holy Ghost, good God of mine, that has the Holy Ghost should be overtaken by any other spirit. And so this is why the scriptures say, every sin that a man doeth is without the body. You can't blame your flesh. God give you his spirit and his spirit is power. He told them that after the Holy Ghost have come upon you, he say, you shall receive power. So there's nobody that can say they got the Holy Ghost that can't control themselves. But to help you control yourself, good God of mine, there's so many scriptures I could read, but I want to finish on verse 19. To help you control yourself, this is what Jesus is telling us. He say, what? Asking a question. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. A Christian is controlled by the Spirit of Christ. God of mine. And this is what Jesus cares about. Jesus cares when other spirits control you. Huh? This is why he went to have wine at the, he let them have wine at the wedding. He let them have wine at the wedding, but because the spirit of Christ, if it be in you, it's going to control you. Huh? Good God of mine. Yeah. Hey, and even when you take communion, good God of mine, when you take communion, I want to teach on communion one day, but when you take communion, communion is not that grape juice that they give you at the church house. Huh? That ain't communion. The scripture teaches that communion is with wine. And the scripture teaches that the wine is red, not grape juice. Huh? So I wanna, I'm just showing you today about all the sins that you have been taught about. It's not about the sin. It's about what is controlling you. Stick in Corinthians and go to chapter 5. Stay in Corinthians and go to chapter 5. <coughs> all right. Chapter 5, verse 1. Listen to this here. It says, It is reported commonly. Which, which chapter 5? Okay, I'm on the wrong chapter. Okay. okay, I'm with you. All right. It says, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not as much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Now, before I read in that verse, when it spoke and said the word commonly, what does that tell you? When it said 
commonly. Regular, oh my God. Oh my God. So look, this sin have become to be regular. This sin have yeah. become to be habitual. Good God Almighty. Yeah. This sin have become yeah. to be something that is a part of the practice that this community was doing. And these are so-called Christians. So see, I'm trying to show you, it ain't the fact that you messed up. It ain't the fact that you, you know, had a drink. It ain't the fact that you committed the sin. What the, what the, what the thing that got Jesus is that in verse number two, we're about to read verse number two. This is the thing that gets Jesus' attention because this proves what spirit you have. Do you, are you with me? When you commonly do something, that proves what spirit you have. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Very good. Verse number two says, and ye are puffed up. That's the problem. And have not rather mourned that, that he that have done this might be taken away from you. So it done got to the point where it's so common that not only are you okay with it, but everybody around you is now okay with it. Uh, what they say, birds of a feather flock together. This is the problem. Because this is supposed to be the church of God. This is supposed to be the people of God. And they have become to let sin reign. Good God Almighty. There's a scripture that says, let not sin reign in your mortal body. It didn't say don't let sin uh, live there because sin lives in your flesh. The scriptures say any man that say he have no sin, he is a liar. So you can't say that you don't have sin, but you can say that sin does not reign. It does not control me. It does not rule me. Good God Almighty. So this is this, this is the point I want to leave with you on that that um Jesus actually is looking for the fact that there was no remorse. All right. So I'm going to go back to John 8. So I pray that that was cleared up a little bit. And that one, I'm going back to John 8 to finalize this scripture here. <clears throat> and um, we're going to be found in John 8. And I think I stopped at verse 7. John 8 and verse 7. Look at what it says. It says, so when they continue asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, good God of mine, this is what got to happen to some people that's going to keep lying. He said, And they which heard it, being convicted, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one beginning from the oldest even to the last. <clears throat> and Jesus was left alone, good God Almighty. And the woman was standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those that thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. That, that, that was a good answer. Yeah, uh, yeah you I'm made it perfect. You were playing music just then. <laughs>
there you have it. You just heard another session of Let's Talk Jesus. I'm Ray Shard, and if you would like to hear these sessions live and in person, email me at letstalkjesus at hotmail.com. Until next time, stay blessed.